0: With Thanksgiving right behind us and Christmas just in front of us, it's always good to be reminded of just how thankful we should be towards God for all he's given us. Especially here in our current culture, we've got an awful lot to be thankful for. What it means to be thankful is the focus next here on Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. Join us. From Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City, we greet you in Christ and welcome you to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth. Our teacher and pastor, Stephen Converse, will have us in Ephesians chapter 5 today, looking at verses 19 and 20, understanding what it means to be thankful. Again, Thanksgiving, just a couple of days behind us and Christmas right in front of us. We have an awful lot to be thankful for. Even though we're living in an economy that doesn't really seem like it, spiritually speaking, if we take a look at our lives, there's much to be thankful for. For the details, it's Pastor Steve Converse now with this edition of Graceful Truth. Well, I trust you all had
1: a blessed Thanksgiving time together this past Thursday with family and friends. And today I want to just take the subject of Thanksgiving and I want to speak to you about a proper perspective on Thanksgiving. Even though it's a day that's passed this year, every day should be a day of Thanksgiving, and we want to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, so you can turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. The following proclamation was made by Governor Bradford in 1623. That was three years after the pilgrims settled at Plymouth. To all ye pilgrims, inasmuch as the Great Father has given us this year, "'an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, "'peas, squashes, and garden vegetables, "'and has made the forest to abound with game "'and the sea with fish and clams. "'And as much as he has protected us "'from the raids of the savages, "'has spared us from pestilence and disease, "'has granted us freedom to worship God "'according to the dictates of our own conscience, "'now I, your magistrate, do proclaim "'that all ye pilgrims, with your wives "'and ye little ones, do gather,' at your meeting house, on your hill, between the hours of 9 and 12 in the daytime, on Thursday, November the 27th, of the year of our Lord, 1,623. And in the third year since ye pilgrims landed on the Plymouth Rock, there to listen to your pastor, render thanksgiving to your Almighty God for all his blessings. This past Thursday was Thanksgiving on the day in which We, like those early pilgrims, set aside time in our busy schedules to give thanks to God. And there's nothing wrong with that, but the Word of God tells us that this should be a continual, everyday event in our lives. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 19 and 20 tells Christians to speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 16 to 18, Paul writes, "Be joyful always, praying continually, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." Paul's main subject here is praise. It's thanksgiving. Notice the other important words in these passages, words like always, continually, in all circumstances. It sounds as if Paul is talking about a church service here almost, especially in Ephesians, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, sing and make music in your heart. But you know what? He's not. He's talking about a continual attitude for Christians, an attitude of the heart, how we are to to be to each other, how we are to treat each other. But how, you may wonder, can we have this attitude continually, especially in all circumstances? Well, I believe the answer lies in our perspective of Thanksgiving. And today I want to share with you a proper perspective of Thanksgiving. One lady wrote home from college to her parents, and here's what her letter said. Dear Mom, sorry I haven't written sooner. My arm really has been broken. I broke it along with my left leg, when I jumped from the second floor of my dormitory when we had the fire. We were lucky. A young service station attendant saw the blaze, and he called the fire department, and they were there in minutes. I was in the hospital for a few days. Paul, the service station attendant, came to see me every day. And because it was taking so long to get our dormitory livable again, well, I liked him, so I moved in with him. And he's been so nice. But I do have to tell you, I am pregnant. Paul and I plan to get married just as soon as he can get a divorce. I hope things are fine at home. I'm doing fine. And I will write more when I get a chance. Love, your daughter Susie. Then she put this at the end of the letter. P.S. None of the above is true. But I did get a C in sociology. And by the way, I flunked chemistry. I just wanted you to receive this news in its proper perspective. See, to be thankful in all circumstances, we need a proper perspective of our circumstances and of our God. Only then will we be able to give thanks to the Lord always. Now, I believe there's at least three attitudes that steal, that hinder our gratitude. Three things that keep us from being thankful one is our pride. This is the attitude that says, nobody ever gave me anything and I worked hard for everything I have. For years, you studied hard and now it's finally paying off. Well, with this kind of attitude, we feel that we have no one to be thankful to but ourselves. Another attitude that keeps us from being thankful is a critical spirit, someone who's constantly complaining. Instead of being grateful, this person will always find something to complain about. There was a story of a lady who was just an incurable grumbler, constantly complaining about everything. At last, her preacher thought that he had found something in which she could be happy. For her farm crop was the finest for miles around in the countryside. And when he met with her, he said with a beaming smile, You must be very happy, Mary. Everyone is saying how healthy your potatoes look this year. Well, they are looking pretty good, I have to say that. But you know what? What am I going to do when I need the bad ones to feed to the pigs? A third attitude that keeps us from being grateful is carelessness someone once said that if the stars only came but once a year we would stay out all night to watch them but they're here every night and we've grown accustomed to that the israelites grumbled because they had no food so god miraculously sent manna kind of a, a crust like bread to cover the ground each day except the sabbath day but then they started to grumble because it was the same thing every day They had a miracle right in front of them, straight from God every day, but they were no longer satisfied. Because of pride, because of carelessness, or because of a critical spirit, we will never be truly thankful for all that God has given us. The great writer Kipling, he was a great writer and a poet. And he wrote various writings that we even enjoy today. And unlike many old writers, Kipling was one of the few who had opportunity to really enjoy his success while he was alive. He also made a great deal of money at his trade. One time, a newspaper reporter came up to him and said, Mr. Kipling, I just read that somebody calculated that the money you make from your writings amounts to over $100 a word. Mr. Kipling raised his eyebrows and said, really? I really wasn't aware of that. And the reporter cynically reached down into his pocket, and he pulled out a $100 bill, and he gave it to Kipling. And he said, here's a $100 bill, Mr. Kipling. Now give me one of those $100 words. Well, Mr. Kipling looked at the $100 bill for a moment, and he thought, and he took it, and he folded it up, and he put it in his pocket. And he turned to the reporter, and he said, thanks. You know what? He's right. The word thanks is certainly a hundred-dollar word. In fact, I would say that it's more like a million-dollar word. It's one word that is too seldom heard, and too rarely spoken, and too often forgotten. If we all would adopt an attitude of thanksgiving in our lives, our lives would be changed. We would savor each day. If any nation ought to be thankful to God and grateful to His goodness, it ought to be America. If any people in America ought to be thankful to God and grateful for his goodness, it ought to be Christians. I'd like to share with you now three things that we learn about thanksgiving from the Bible. Three things. First of all, thanksgiving should be expressed. One of the choruses we sing is found in Psalm 100, which says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your hearts. David says in Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We should express our thanksgiving to God and to others. In Luke 17, we read about the 10 men who were healed by Jesus of their leprosy. And out of those 10 men, only one came back to give thanks. And Jesus asked, where are the other nine? He was the only one willing to take the time to go back and to say, thank you. Because of that, here's what Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Have you ever wondered why Jesus said that? I mean, like the others, the man was already physically healed of his leprosy from the time they they went to show themselves to the priest. But when Jesus says to this one man, your faith has made you well, he wasn't talking just about physical healing. He was talking about a spiritual one, a mental one. This man was truly made whole physically and spiritually. And we too are made whole when thanksgiving comes out of our hearts. Psychologists tell us today that, Sincere gratitude, thanksgiving, is one of the healthiest of all human emotions. One of the famous professors who studies this, he's the father of stress studies, has said this, that the gratitude produces more positive emotional energy than any other attitude in life. And a thankful heart will endear others to us and us to others. For you see, thanksgiving is not only good for the giver, but it's also for the receiver. God appreciates our thanksgiving. It lifts him up, it glorifies him. And thanksgiving endears him to us, it draws us closer. And if we're not grateful, if we don't express our thanksgiving, then we can have the opposite effect. In Romans chapter 1, verse 21, for example, Paul says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But, thinking, but in their thinking became futile, and their hearts were darkened. Their foolish hearts were darkened. This passage seems to imply that people who are ungrateful to God will soon fall away. Their hearts will become hardened. Here we see pride keeping people from worshiping God and being thankful. Now, before we leave the point that Thanksgiving should be expressed, let me just share with you a few quick ways that you can say thank you to God. You can say thank you to God when you spend time with him, not just an hour a week on Sunday morning in a church service, but every day of the week. You can say thank you to God when you forgive others, when you serve in the church, when you share his plan of salvation with those who have yet to hear When you reach out to hurting people around you, when you give God your best, and when you praise him enthusiastically from the heart. Well, secondly, our Thanksgiving should not only be expressed, but it should be expansive. And as our Thanksgiving expands, it should include at least three things. First of all, the blessings of life. The blessings of life. You know, I really love my wife. She's a very, very special lady. She's truly been a blessing to my life and a blessing to so many others who know her. One thing that is really special is that every night she stands in our kitchen and she raises her hands to God and thanks God for the sink full of dirty dishes before her. Well, no, she really doesn't do that. Who does? But you know what, maybe we should. A sink full of dirty dishes usually means that we have been blessed by God with daily food, with water, Do you realize that two-thirds of the world goes hungry to bed every night? Our prayers are often so very general. We say, thank you, God, for all your blessings. But what blessings are we really thankful for? Remember the hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God has done. Well, Our thanksgiving should also include the burdens of life, not just the blessings of life, but the burdens of life. And this, frankly, is a tough one. 1 Thessalonians 5:18 says give thanks in all circumstances. Paul writes again in Ephesians 5:20 always giving thanks. You may think, well, surely Paul made a mistake or even that was that it was easy for him somehow to say that. You know what? It really wasn't. Paul suffered for some through some very difficult situations. One in particular, he calls a thorn in the flesh He had been run out of town, he had been beaten, he had been whipped, he was imprisoned, he was betrayed by his friends. At one point, he says he was naked, cold, hungry, shipwrecked, and stoned, all because of his faith. And yet Paul never stopped giving thanks. Paul said several things that really show that he had a proper perspective of the burdens of life. In Romans 8.18, he writes this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Also in 2 Corinthians 12.10, he writes, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Also in Philippians 1.12, he writes, now I want you to know brothers that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. When we, like Paul, have the proper perspective on our situations, we can give thanks in all circumstances. I remember hearing of a dear woman who 35 years old. She had just finished college. She's mother of three boys. She had a new job with GTE. And she, as the story goes, she developed lupus. Well, to make a long story short and to the point, her husband left her. Her oldest son was put in jail for dealing drugs. She lost so much weight, she couldn't even hold her head up. She couldn't get in and out of the bathtub by herself. One day she told a friend that this was really a blessing. All these circumstances allowed her to spend more time with the Lord. And even when she was in the hospital for some time, she concluded that God wanted her there to maybe to share with someone who is yet to hear about Christ. See, in our weaknesses, God can make us strong. When we're struggling, God is able to work in our lives. He helps us through times that we could never have faced on our own. I never thought that I would say this, but I've learned to be thankful in difficult circumstances that our family has faced over the years. I didn't say I'm thankful for the difficult circumstances, but I am thankful in difficult circumstances. I don't believe Paul is saying here that we have to be thankful for our problems, but rather he's saying, be thankful in them. And being thankful in them allows God to use them for his greater good. Even the Philippian jailer was ready to take his life because an earthquake freed his prisoners. But what saved him was the attitude of Peter and Silas during their difficult imprisonment. They were singing and praising God, even though they were in their chains but they knew God and that he would help them through it. And because of their joy, the jailer and all his household became Christians. Understand, others can come to Christ because of your example, especially in the midst of difficult times. Our thanksgiving should include the benefits of life as well. Not only the blessings and the burdens, but the benefits. When the Israelites focused on what they didn't have, they failed to see all that they did have. See, we're constantly adding to our prayer list, but more than anything, we should be adding to our praise list. Songwriter, Christian songwriter Jeff Moore sings a song in which at the beginning of a new day, he says this, the lyrics go, well, I wonder what today we'll see. Will I find my dreams or stare in the face of tragedy? Whatever may come, whatever may be, Of this I am sure. I'm forgiven and free. And I will live like I believe. It's good to be alive. It's good to be alive. To feel the wind in my face, see the blue in the sky. It's days like these I realize what a gift it is. It's good to be alive. Many of us have had some difficult times. Maybe some of you have even had times that we have despaired of life itself. But if you really step back and you look at all the benefits of life, I think that you're gonna find that it is good to be alive. It is good to take that next breath, to feel the wind in our face, to see the sunrise, to fall in love, to see our new born child for the first time, to feel our child or parent or even a friend hug us and tell us that we're special. It's good to be alive. An experiment was done in New York Central Park one year when an advertising firm dressed a man up as a blind man and they gave him a cup to collect money. And one day they put a sign around his neck that read, I'm blind, and on that day he collected $4. The next day they dressed up the same man the same way and they put him out in the same park, but this time the sign read, it's spring and I'm blind. You know, on that day he collected nearly $40, that day, those people realized how blessed they were by the beautiful flowers that they could see and the birds and the sunrise and the sunset. See, sometimes as Christians, there are other benefits of life. And we can be sure that we are forgiven and we're free and that it is good to be alive. Not only should our thanksgiving be expressed and be expanded, but it should also be expected. Paul says that we are to give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for us, beloved. And he knows if we will do it, if we will give thanks, that our lives will be changed. Well, you know what? Giving thanks because it's expected, this is a mark of a growing Christian. Stop and think about little babies, for example. You can take a little baby who's fussing and and walk with them for hours trying to calm their, t- their spirit, and finally they fall off to sleep. But that baby never comes back and says, thank you, Mom, for spending all those hours walking me around in the middle of the night to calm my spirit. More than likely, they'll just sometimes cry louder the next time. See, a child has to be taught to be thankful. It doesn't just come naturally. Sometimes you have to almost force them to say thank you. And when we realize how blessed we are by others and by God, And we express that. That means we're growing. Our thanksgiving is also a mark of a giving Christian. When we stop and we realize how much God has done for us and how much he has given us and continues to do for us on a daily basis, we should be more than happy to give thanksgiving back to him. And it comes through our time, and it also comes through our financial giving. Someone has said that for thanksgiving to be real thanksgiving, there must be thanks and there must be giving. You know, in this last year, our church has truly been blessed by God. Even in the midst of our economy, our people have given sacrificially to the ministry. And just as God has blessed us, so should we bless his work by our giving. James one seventeen says, every good gift and every perfect gift, do you have any good gifts in your life? It says they're from above and comes down from the Father of lights. One thing that dawned on me one time when talking about giving We go to a restaurant, and when we're served and and we offer a tip to the waitress, we usually give 15%, 20%. That's just kind of the normal thing nowadays. But for some reason, when we come to the church and we're giving to our God, our creator, a lot of people have an issue even giving 10% of all the good gifts that he has given us. See, we need to ask ourselves, are we truly thankful? Remember, God loves a cheerful giver. Thanksgiving is the mark of a growing Christian and a giving Christian, but it's also the mark of a glowing, glowing Christian. If you're thankful to God, then you will be glowing. You will not be constantly critical and pessimistic, but eternally thankful through the difficult times that are ahead. They will not break you. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So what do we do? We fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. I'm reminded of the story of Henry Frost, who served for many years as a missionary to China. And in his journal, he wrote of a very difficult time in his life, And he said this, I had received sad news from home, and deep shadows had covered my soul. I prayed, but the darkness did not vanish. I summoned myself to endure, but the darkness was only deepened. Then I went to the inland station, and I saw on the wall of the mission home these words, Try thanksgiving. And you know what? I did. And in a moment every shadow was gone, not to return. You see, the psalmist was right. It is good to give thanks unto the Lord. Have you been going through a difficult time? Have you prayed, but those difficult times are still there? Have you told yourself to keep on going and it would someday disappear, but it only got deeper? I would encourage you to try Thanksgiving. It is a good thing, truly, to give thanks
0: unto the Lord. Indeed, we are thankful Truly thankful that you take the time to join us each and every Sunday here on Graceful Truth with our teacher and pastor Steve Converse. Message on thanks and thanksgiving here today. Thank you for joining us. It's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. We trust you are currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area, and if not, we'd love to have you come out and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m., and we do offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade 5. If you would like to encourage us here at the Graceful Truth program, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Here's our phone number, 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. Or you can visit us on the web at gracefultruth.org. If you would like to write to us, we'd love to hear from you. Our address is 2225 Euclid here in Redwood City. The zip code is 94061. And again, that phone number, 650-366-9923. Thank you for joining us. Have a blessed week. And until next week at this same time, may the Lord richly bless you.